This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Vegas Rock Dog Radio. Pets. People. Pop culture. Hello, everyone. You're listening to Vegas Rock Dog Radio. Rock and roll show all about pets, people, and pop culture. So a couple of weeks ago, uh... We did this Buckingham Palace Royal Dog Wedding to raise money for Animal Rescue. And what I promised was that I would read to you guys the Bow Wow Vows that my youngest sister, my baby sister, Shaborn, wrote, custom wrote for the bride and groom. And the bride was Gracie and the groom was red. And it was just really fun. It made it really, really special. But I wanted to read those vows out to you. So here's me, me keeping my promise, because <laughs> I always keep my promises. So this is what she wrote. Do you, Gracie, take Red to be your doggy husband, to love, cherish, and sometimes bark, to go with Red to his favorite park, to be his companion, he's such a good boy, to keep your paws off his favorite toy, to always keep your gentle demeanor and protect him from the vacuum cleaner to pick him up when he's feeling low, to ignore the bones under his pillow. Will you love and comfort him and share his chews? Do you, Red, take Gracie to be your doggy wife? This was for, for Red to, uh, to Gracie. To love and cherish her, this you must swear, and to always support her choice of headwear. To promise to always be her fella, to treat her like Cinderella. To always protect her and be her homie. If you do not do this, you will answer to Odie. To keep her safe, as she is so slight but be by her side in the spotlight. Will you love and comfort her and share your chews? And if you do, dear Red, please bark. I do. So they were the, they were the, the Bow Wow Vows. The reference to Odie is Gracie's brother, which I thought was quite funny. And uh, it was just a really another nice touch to the event itself. And um, gosh, are there, there going to be any more royal weddings? Because I'm, get, I'm getting really good at this. This is my second one. I think they're done. I think there's no more. <laughs> or no more that are worthy of TV coverage. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I don't see anything for a while. I mean, uh, the Princess Eugenia, I think, is getting married, but it may not be this big hoopla. But uh, So there you go. There's the Bow Wow Vows that I promised I would read out to everybody from our fundraiser a couple of weeks ago. Well, let's go. Let's go into... Oh, I've got lots of topics today, actually. Let's go into the behavioral effects of... Olfactory stimulation on dogs at rescue in rescues and in shelters. Yeah, so because this is going to lead into a, another topic we're going to talk about uh, this year. Many domestic dogs are kept in rescue and rehoming shelters, which are frequently stressful and under stimulating environments. Dog welfare is often compromised within these environments and there is a need to determine new practical and effective methods of improving the welfare of these kenneled dogs. Olfactory stimulation has been demonstrated to have positive behavioral effects in a range of contexts. However, this field remains relatively understudied in the domestic dog. This study aimed to investigate the effects of olfactory stimulation via vanilla, coconut, ginger and valerian upon the, upon the behavior of 15 dogs at a rescue shelter is, is what they they looked at, they put together. The dogs were simultaneously exposed to six olfactory conditions using scented cloths following a fixed order. Cloth control, coconut, vanilla, valerian, ginger, and odor control. For two hours a day, for three days, with an intervening period of two days between conditions. The dog's behavior was recorded every 10 minutes through the two-hour olfactory conditions using instantaneous scan sampling. Exposure to ginger, coconut, vanilla, and valerian resulted in significantly lower levels of vocalizations and movement compared to the control conditions, while coconut and ginger additionally increased levels of sleeping behavior. These odors may have application in rescue shelters due to the reduction of behavior such as barking and activity which may be indicative of stress as well as being traits perceived as undesirable by adopters. That's really important. This research provides support for the use of olfactory stimulation within the kennel environment. So here are the highlights. And of, of course, I'll put these links up for you so you can read these studies. The highlights are that vanilla and valerian reduce activity and vocalizations in kenneled dogs. Coconut and ginger 
reduce activity and vocalizations in kennel dogs also. And coconut and ginger increase sleeping behavior in kennel dogs. Mm. And I think that's really important because, yes, we know, and most people in the animal world know that dogs are stressed, cats are stressed in shelters, in rescues, and of course will display some behaviors related to stress. But often the general public comes in looking for a dog and they see these signs and this is undesirable. Therefore, it reduces their chances of being adopted. So I feel that that's incredibly important to try and create an environment that really is more relaxed. But it's difficult. You've got very stressed dogs and they pick up on other other dogs' stress and it's not a good environment. That's why it's really important to get them adopted and out. It's also important, a lot of rescues will hear them say this, we've got a couple of dogs in boarding, we need to get them out of boarding because it's the same kind of effect. Not as intense, but again, Lots of dogs, lots of cats do not do well in boarding for that reason. And what I plan to do is to bring on Dr. Melissa Shelton. She is um, she is a holistic veterinarian who has developed a line of essential oils that are safe for our pets. And it's again, it's a big thing. It's another topic. It's another interest people have. In, in doing better for their pets. And of course, essential oils benefit us as well. But there's quite a bit of info to wade through, <laughs> as you can imagine, to ensure that you are using a safe quality product that is effective for your pets. And I've seen, through, just through some of my, my research, there are lots and lots of companies, you know, developing, or maybe not developing so well, some essential oils in bad carrier oils, uh, synthetic fragrances that are not of good quality and they're certainly not safe. And I think that's going to be a very important topic for us to discuss because people are showing a big interest in it. And of course, with every topic we we discuss on the show, we want to give you the pros and the cons and our recommendations because at the end of the day, I know people now are already saying, oh, where can I get these oils from? Oh, where can I get the diffuser from? Because at the end of the day, we give the information, they go, okay, so now what am I purchasing? And we, we make it easy for you. We, we wade through all of that ourselves to make it super easy for you to select the right products. So I will bring on Dr. Melissa Shelton. I know she's very busy. But um, what I like about her products, and it's called Animal EO, and you can find that on Facebook and her website, is that it's not just, oh, here you can buy some vanilla essential oil. Here you can buy some lavender. She actually has formulas that are very specific for specific things you're trying to take care of. I know I'm going to benefit. I'm going to be purchasing some stuff too, because I know I can certainly benefit from sleeping aids. (laughs) For example, coconut and ginger. Who would even know coconut and ginger would even help with that? What do you reckon, Jim? I don't know. You know, there's got to be experts here where we live because they use that therapy in the hotels to get people to change behavior. Yeah, but... They pump smells. Yes, there's a whole thing to do with smells, definitely. But I think what's really... But I'm sure it's I'm sure it's not that safe, pumping all that fragrance no, in. No, that's just to get people's money. I was at a... Re- <laughs> it's true. I was at a recent uh, conference, pet conference, and when I checked into my hotel, it was... I opened the door and it was a wall of toxic fragrance it was so overpowering made me sick to my stomach and i actually got ill and i never get ill and i just wondered what on earth are they pumping through their system i didn't know if it was one of those pads you know that is soaked with fragrance and then they stick it in the air vent it was honestly it was sickening to my stomach made me feel so so ill and and so you can see how you know a, a not so good product and a, and a well-researched, developed product that safe for your pets is going to make a big difference. You will have probably seen on the internet the video of the dog that was affected by a plug-in air freshener. And it can cause seizures and all manner of, of issues, health issues. It's dangerous. And, and it's not good for us either, by the way. <laughs> so that's something to bear in mind. So I think when we talk about these essential oils and we get uh, the doctor on the show, you're going to find that this is going to be something that's very beneficial for you, for the entire family, which also, I'm going oh, down a little path here. I talked about soap nuts a couple of weeks ago. 
And we use them. And we use them. And they're very good. We, we are eliminating anything that's toxic in our house as much as we possibly can. And we've, we've got rid of everything else. There's no candles burning. There's no plug-ins. We haven't done that in years. And there's no dryer sheets. But then I needed to look at our detergent. What are we washing our clothes in? Because think about this. You're then rubbing that towel on you. You're putting your clothes on. You're sleeping in the sheets. Your dogs are laying on the beds that you've just put in the washing machine. So we got soap nuts. And soap nuts are, are, it's a nut. It's a nut. It almost looks like a shriveled up date. And you put about five in a little bag and uh, throw it in your washing machine. And you get about four or five washes out of that. The clothes are clean. The clothes are really clean. So my next step is, I haven't used dryer sheets in years, but I would like some nice fragrance on them that's safe of course so my next step is to look at uh, animal eo products and how i can incorporate them with the the dryer balls that i put into my tumble dryer to you know create a nice fragrance that is safe and obviously beneficial because every single formula she has treats something it's amazing and of course we will we will talk about cats because cats have, have such a sensitivity to those kind of things and um, we'll hopefully get her on the show and explain the difference between diffusing an oil, what are the ones you can use neat, the carriers they come in, carry oils, type of product that you would use, equipment to diffuse. It's going to be interesting. So I'm hoping I can uh, lock her down. I know she's really, really busy, but she, to my knowledge, has the only safe essential oil product available for pets then you know there's some big names out there i'm not going to mention them but they are not safe for pets just bear that in mind and i did have a friend who said i posted a little thing about essential oils because yes that's why i use and she named this big brand that lots of people are using uh, because you know that's why i use that for my pets Ooh, and i had to message her yeah and you shouldn't be using that for your pets so i did a little private message there and turned it on to uh, the right products so there you go. That's my essential oils. I think that's a great uh, little bit of research. And it's something you can apply for yourselves and your pets too. Let's talk about... Ooh, let me, let, me, let me come through here. Well, I talked a little bit about cats. Now, Nature Communications published a study last year that suggested that cats in the US kill between... Get this number, Jim... Cats in the U.S. only kill between 1.3 and 4 billion birds and, be, and between 6.3 and 22.3 billion small mammals per year. They have a big job. <laughs> They're busy. And so I said, B, B for billion. That's a huge, huge number. So what, what does that tell you? What does that tell you? So let, let me tell you what that tells you, yeah? It's going to lead right into nutrition. Cats evolved to become highly efficient predators, and they have sharp teeth and retractable claws. They've got cushioned paws to silently creep up on prey, night vision, and they're incredi incredibly swift and agile. And while the domestication of cats from wild ancestors to human companions started taking place some 10,000 years ago, cats have retained their feral hunting instincts as well as their ability to digest raw meat. So that has not changed. It just hasn't changed. No matter how much you coddle them and dress them up in bows and sunglasses, this is what the article says, you can't take their predatory instincts away, which we don't want to do. And that is the well, IFL. Somebody's got to take care of the mice. That is exactly. Well, and it's part of their makeup. This is what they do. IFL science, that's where that came from. I, I think it's important that we, there's lots you can do for your pets. You know, great nutrition, you know, grooming, you know, good toys that they can interact with and those kind of things. But I think we should never lose sight of this is a cat, this is a dog, this is a rabbit. What are their needs? And instinct, instinctly, instinctively, what do they do and how can we satisfy that? And I think that's important. How can you try and replicate that as much as you possibly can? And I'm not saying go and get a bunch of mice. That's not what I'm saying because they're quite good at doing that themselves. Um, now, here's a quote from Rodney Habib, pet nutrition expert. Uh, he said, an educated, informed and well-researched Search community of pet owners can only put more pressure on the pet food industry to be better. When pet owners know better, they will 
they will only do better. Uh, so, uh, not sure if they always do better. They do, they do know. They're not dumb. They're not dumb by any means. But what he's saying is it, it hasn't changed. This is how they eat. They can eat raw. So let's provide them with what we can that's as close to that as possible. And I think that's a really good thing. So if you're ever thinking of feeding a raw diet and you say, you know, oh, I'm not sure if it's good for my pets. I keep reading these scary things online. Then consider this this study. And I'll put the link up for it also. Um, cats still maintain that feral hunting instinct and can biologically digest that raw meat because the pH is, uh, it's acidic. It can, t- it can handle it. It can handle bacteria. And they're still doing it to this day, <laughs> whether you like it or not, when they come in with a, with a dead mouse. Mm-hmm. But did you see that video? Someone's cat come in. She was having a glass of wine. She came in. The cat came in with a dead mouse and happened to plop it down, and it happened to drape over the edge of her wine glass. Nice. <laughs> can you imagine that for a Friday night? <laughs> well, we had the surprise about a year ago with Thornton. She might be part cat too then. What, which surprise was this? Because we've had that many. When I went into the backyard and we had a present in our backyard, unless a wild cat what, what gave that? us that pet rat. That's right. Mm. She did. And she's caught those little, oh, those cute little chipmunky things. They're not chipmunks, though. What, what are Brown they? Brown squirrels. I don't think they're that either. Aren't they called a desert something? Mm. They're cute, though. They're really cute. They better be fast if they, they come in my yard. They have to be. They get brave. They get brave though. They come right up to the door, and I usually knock on the on the glass to make sure they run off before I let the dogs out. Um, so there you go. So you can't argue with what their instincts are, their natural instincts. And so if you were a little bit worried and going, ah, I think that's oh, I think it's gross. It's what they do. It's what they do, and they can handle it. So if you were to start looking into a raw diet understand that it's they can co- their bodies can cope with it so there you go so that's my little my little thing about cats kitty cats what else do i have on my list jim you'd mentioned uh, oh yeah i've got a big thing about ducks a really big thing about ducks how did ducks just come into your all animal, vision all animals are swimming around in my head jim all the animals are swimming around in my head well thankfully i just got these two settled down i know you know, we get up at 5.30 and we do our thing I know. on show day, and I can't believe how much energy they still have. I know. If it wasn't so hot out, we'd mm. be out twice as long. Yeah, it's cracking hot right Satisfying now. Satisfying their needs to go on long walks. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Got to get quite creative as well in Vegas. So when it's hot and you can't go outside, it comes to be a point in time of year, it's just impossible. And the thought of even, you for yourself, even the thought of getting into a car, Oh, it's just more than you can take, especially if you're going out and you're all dressed up. Oh, it's horrific. It's just horrific, but you have to get a little bit creative. So quite a few people I know have uh, doggy treadmills, or they just use their normal treadmill to get some exercise. Uh, Lots of people will do stimulating training exercises at home, you know, a chance to practice commands. That's a good thing. And of course, you can play with your pet. I don't think people play enough with their pets. Just have fun with them. Get on the floor, play with your pets. A lot of people don't do that. They don't do that. And if you're a person that doesn't let your pets up on the couch, you really need to get on the floor with them to connect. And I'll never understand that, by the way. (laughs) I always say this. They go, oh no, I'm quite strict. I never let my pets on the on the couch. And I go, well, you know what? When they're gone, you're gonna wish you did that. You're gonna wish that you fully integrated them into your life. So if you are that person, bring them up on the couch. Don't worry about dog hair and cat hair. Good grief. Uh, and you know, get on the ground with them. They, our dogs get really excited when you get down. They're like, oh yay! You're coming down to our level. This is great. Talking about levels, by the way, Mister Twix yesterday was trying to chew his foot off. He was laid on the bed. He woke me up with his chewing. And I went, no, Mr. Twix. And he was really on the close to the edge of the bed and he rolled backwards and flipped off the bed and fell down. So uh, you missed it this morning, Jim, while you were asleep on the couch. He, I, all my furniture's low, quite well, some of it's low. It doesn't matter to him anyway. He, he doesn't know any height difference anyway. He can jump on our dining room table. But my coffee table's are low. My couches are low. You know what he did this morning? He jumped on the on the coffee table. And then he, his bike legs weren't quite on it. And then he started sliding and he started like trying to get back on the table. And he fell off the table this morning as well. Oh, my. He's wild. 
He's a rough, rough and tumble boy, isn't he, Jim? He is. He's funny. He's a dog. Oh, is he a dog through and through? Oh, he honestly is. He doesn't care if he's leaning dirt. He doesn't care if he's falling off the couch or the bed. He is a funny, funny dog. He's so cute, though. Oh, he's so cute. He was cute. good today on the walk. He was very good with other walkers and runners. Good. I mean, he stayed in that he followed Thornton because she's really good if I say, go this way. Oh, yeah. Or walk along the edge. She walks along the edge of the trail to give way to other walkers and runners. You know what's amazing about our dogs? Amazing. If I'm going outside on the back patio, but I don't want them to come out and maybe, you know, bringing some glasses in or whatever, I can walk ahead of them and not even turn around and I go, wait. And I keep walking and they stop without me turning around, without any eye contact. I just go, wait. And they wait. And I go out, do my thing, come back and they're, they're sat there. It's amazing. It is absolutely amazing. But they are funny, and they're very, very cute. I was watching TV the other day, and for the first time, he jumped up on that piece of furniture right in front of the TV because he wanted a drink. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he wanted to drink my water, and Shelley had that experience with both of them the other day. She got herself a nice glass of water, and then he was up, and then she was up, and she goes, oh, they've <laughs> taken my drink. So they're cheeky little things, but they give us a lot of pleasure. So, yes, when it's it's hot no matter where you are, or it's freezing cold and the snow's, you know, coming down and you need to keep your pets entertained. Play with them, do some commands, get them on the couch, cuddle with them. There's lots you can do there, lots you can do there. Well, Jim, I want to take another quick break before I start talking about quacks. (laughs) Before I talk about ducks and ducklings. And um, we've got some great information here. Great information that hopefully you can also pass on to other people. So stay right there. We'll be right back. You're listening to Vegas Rock Dog Radio with me, Sam, your host. And uh, we'll talk ducks on the other side of the break. Vegas Rock Dog Radio. Pets. People. Pop culture. We'd like to thank our sponsor for this episode. Rover.com. Rover, the dog people. It's the largest network of five-star pet sitters and dog walkers in North America. If you have dogs, and like me, you're working during the day and can't get home to walk your fur babies, you can just use the Rover app on your Android or iPhone and find a five-star dog walker. Book them, favorite them, and even pay them all through the app. And I know if I'm going away for the weekend or even taking a five-day cruise, I can use the same Rover app to book a pet sitter. By using Rover, my dog walker or pet sitter is trusted, background checked, and is backed by Rover's premium insurance and 24-7 support. And if my dog and I want to meet my pet sitter or dog walker beforehand, we can do that too with a free meet and greet. I personally like that I can get pictures of my dog, a map of her walk, and updates right on the app. It's so cool. We have a special offer for Pet Life Radio listeners, too. Get $25 off your first booking by going to rover.com forward slash Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio is all one word. And use the promo code Pet Life Radio. So once again, go to rover.com forward slash Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio is all one word. And use promo code PETLIFERADIO. Three words for the code and get $25 off your first booking. It's a awesome deal. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Vegas Rock Dog Radio. Pets. People. Pop culture. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I want to say a quick hello to Sarah, who's listening in from my hometown, Sheffield in England. Isn't it her bedtime already? <laughs> no. Isn't it late there? Not unless she goes to bed at 6.30 in the evening. Oh, I would. Well, I don't know, though. She's in the medical field. I don't really know. I, I could I be wrong. I get sleepy around 7 o'clock. <laughs> I could totally be wrong on that one. The highest Sarah. Hope you and the pops having a nice weekend. She liked the Bow Wow Vows that Siobhan wrote. She knows my sister as well. So uh, I'm glad she liked that. It was fun. It was such a fun event. I'm almost done with the video, with all the images, all the video, and it's going to be really fun to look at. And I need to say a big thank you to Laurie Fuller. Laurie Fuller. 
for taking photographs that evening. They were so good. Uh, I didn't ask anyone to come and photograph that night. I thought, you know, it's a small event. Everybody's got their cell phones, you know, they take great photos. And she always comes with a professional camera. She said, I'll take whatever pictures you want, which I thought was incredibly kind of her. And they turned out great. So I will have that out. I'm going to say definitely by Monday, because I know everyone is dying to see that. So uh, big hello, Sarah. You'll be able to see a little bit more um, next week. So I've got lots to catch up on. As I said, I've thoroughly enjoyed my niece being here. It's been almost two weeks. It's It's been really fun. It's forced me to take some time off, which has been very welcome. Because <laughs> uh, up to a couple of days ago, I could barely walk because I re-injured my psoas and my neck is never the best anyway. And it just got to such a peak that... I thought, yes, I need to be, you know, rebuild me like the bionic woman. <laughs> so I headed off to my chiropractor and a um, huge difference just after the first session. So very, very happy about that. So I'm going to build, rebuild myself in the next two weeks. Oh, that's good. I'm going to rebuild myself because... With Legos? Coming up, <laughs> coming up is SuperZoo. SuperZoo is happening in Vegas again this year. And I'll be doing some work with a couple of brands, blah, blah, blah. But lots of great people coming into town. One in particular, I can't mention who it is, but if it all works out, it's going to be amazing. And uh, I'll need to be in uh, good shape for that because I think last year was over 5,000 booths. Was it 5,000 booths? Yeah, it was just big. It oh, was huge. huge. Absolutely Massive. huge. Keeps getting bigger. It does. It gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And if you've never been to SuperZoo, here's my advice. Look through the brands that you're really, really, really interested in connecting with. Really important because it is overwhelming. It is too large. You will just be going up and down aisles like a, a maniac and get very stressed out, very exhausted, very, very quickly. So have a plan. Look at the brands you're interested in and then make a plan to actually see 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 them first. Otherwise, you're going to miss out. It is, uh, it's pretty exhausting, um, what do they call it, the uh, expo type thing. They have some educational stuff as well. Um, but I just go to really connect with brands and friends who own brands who are coming into town and they try and get everybody together for a dinner and some of the best people in the industry, uh, you know, get together with us and... And, you know, people that don't, have never come to Las Vegas for an expo or a convention... Don't realize how much distance you cover and how big these places are. Wicked. I, I mean, the to be honest with you, the walk in Mandalay Bay to the convention center is a walk and a half itself. So you may be staying in the hotel. You know what? Get one of those. those what do they call them? Hoverboards. No. <laughs> no. What? No. One of those jazzies. Oh. What do they call? You can rent them. What are they called? Wheelchairs. It's not a wheelchair. It has a whole basket thing on the front for all your stuff. I forgot what they call it. But seriously, it would save your neck, back, knees, and feet. It is quite the convention to get around. Oh, and I just hope they had their shuttle like together because it was so bad. It was non-existent last year. So there's remote parking lot and... The shuttle is supposed to be there every, what, 10, 15 minutes? Right. Not once did, did that shuttle show up. Not once. It, it had to walk. It keep, we had to walk in the heat across the boulevard into the convention. I was not happy at all. They did not have it together. So I was not impressed with that. So hopefully this year, hopefully this year they listen to all the complaints about it. And uh, I'll be meeting tons of people in the press room and looking at new products and uh, hopefully giving you some recommendations of what I think would be wonderful for your pets. So I wonder if they'll have much for ducks, Jim. Oh, I think that would be, well, they do the they, wildlife they thing. They do. They do. They do exotic animal sections. And they do the I fish, guess ducks are the fishy considered stuff. exotics. I don't feel like ducks get enough FaceTime, personally. Do you, well, Jim? ducks aren't really pets, though, are they? Lots of people have ducks. Well, have, well in their yard, they have properties. They have property, their yeah. properties. In fact, my friend Brandy, a little family of ducks have just showed up at her backyard into a pool, and that's where they've decided they're going to live. Oh, well, that's not a good place. Thankfully. Not pool water. I know. Thankfully, she knows a lot about animals. So uh, she's going to uh, have to get a bit of a plan together there. And no doubt she will. But yeah, they just showed up one day like, hi, we're living here. 
I don't even know where they came from, where they even came from. So let's talk about ducks. Here's my title of this segment. Stop feeding ducks bread. <laughs> oh, I get annoyed at anybody that feeds wildlife. Yeah. We do that in our park where we live. We don't do it. Well, I was going to say, we, you know, don't lump no, me in with people, you. <laughs> people still do it, and it just annoys You've me. You've spoken because, to those people well, a they lot. Get, they get combative. They yeah, get, they do. They're nasty, nasty, ignorant people. They're like, yes, let me harm the ducks. Leave me alone. I want to harm the ducks. and the rabbits. And, yeah, it's uh, ridiculous. It is so ridiculous. And then what you have to remember is if you hand feed uh, particularly that the rabbits and the chipmunks, then it's it's a feeding ground for the coyotes that we sometimes come out and they're on our driveway. I kid you not. So it's yeah, don't mess with nature. But that's my title. Stop feeding ducks bread. Ducks should eat nutrient rich foods like seeds, oats, lettuce, and certainly not carb heavy bread. Say no to the carbs. For the ducks, say no to the carp. So here we go. How many times have you seen people head to their local park or pond with their plastic shopping bag filled with bread, particularly white bread? I'd be surprised to not see that. You know, I think if we went to Sunset Park today, I think we would see um, people with uh, plastic bags and bread. And people have been feeding ducks wrong yes all kinds of wrong ways and who knows where this awful practice of feeding bread came from but i'm here to help you choose better foods for the ducks that you feed uh, if you if you really want to feed them really leave them alone let them do their own thing but hopefully you can change your ways <laughs> here we go so why do these experts recommend not feeding ducks breadcrumbs let me explain why bread is a poor choice. Basically, it's junk food. And junk food provides little to no nutritional benefit to your little ducks. Uh, spokeswoman for the Royal Society for the Protection of Birds made this statement. White bread, in particular, has no real nutritional value. So while birds may find it tasty, the danger is that they will fill up on it instead of other foods that could be more beneficial to them. So just because... They will eat it. You know, oh, they love it. It doesn't mean it's good for them. And that goes for our pets too. There's also a concern that a reliance on human-supplied junk food keeps ducklings from learning how to forage healthily for food and, and to do it themselves. And we still want birds to naturally forage because it's part of their survival. Because what all of a sudden people just stop showing up and feeding them? They're like, oh, okay. And you can't call Uber, Uber Eats. <laughs> when you're a duck, <laughs> can I just order in some seeds? <laughs> what? I'm not. I was told not to say anything funny. So well, no, I know. I, I don't mind anything funny. I don't mind things that are corny. I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> what were you going to say now? I was going to stop feeding you, and then you have to go forage yourself <laughs> like a wild ducklet. Oh, I told you I wasn't. going to You see, say now anything. it's just weird. Now it's just become well, really I weird. I told you I wasn't going to say anything. You told me to say it. <laughs> uh, well. Here's another very serious consequence, though, to this high-carbohydrate, high-protein diet, and that is called angel wing. And I can't imagine too many people know about that. And it's a wing deformity, also known as airplane wing. And angel wing is a condition where the last joint on the wing is distorted and causes the end feathers to stick out laterally. So they're sticking out sideways, yeah? Instead of lying flat against the body. And this prevents the bird from flying. And specifically, this high, a high-protein diet contributes to the wing bones growing too fast and making the wing too heavy for the joint. The excessive growth also twists the joint. And, uh, and this is because of, you know, high-protein. Um, Age wing can be reversed in ducklings, but it is incurable in adults. So you can imagine you're a duck and now you can't fly. So you can't escape a predator. You can't get around. So uneaten breadcrumbs um, attract predators. Um, they grow mold that makes ducks and other riparian critters very sick. And they contribute to the growth of cyanobacteria and half harmful alga, algal blooms. So this is another reason. Don't be showing up and feeding them whatever you feel like you want to feed them. 
especially if it's if it's a protein that they don't need to be eating and causing this angel wing, which then in turn, they cannot fly. And that's terrible. That's really, really terrible. Um, and as I mentioned, um, this it also leaving, you know, crumbs around, grows mold that makes ducks and other riparian critters sick. Now, riparian area, I think it's important to, if you understand what, what the heck that means, uh, riparian zone or a riparian area is the interface between land and river or stream. Riparian is also the proper uh, nomenclature for one of the 15 terrestrial biomes on the earth. Plant habitats and communities along the river margins and banks are called riparian vegetation, characterized by hydrophilic plants. And riparian zones are important in ecology, environmental management, and civil engineering because of their role in soil com- conservation, their habitat biodiversity, and the influence they have on fauna and aquatic ecosystems, including grasslands, woodlands, wetlands, or even non-vegetative areas. In some regions, the term riparian woodland, riparian forest, riparian buffer zone, and riparian strip are used to characterize a riparian zone. And the word riparian is derived from the Latin word meaning river bank. So any kind of uh, critter that lives on that river bank is a riparian um, creature. Now you know. Well, I had no idea about that. I love wildlife shows, and I've, I've now I know what a riparian bank is. I didn't know it had a word. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't the it? Crocodiles. And so, leaving food in those bank. areas, it's going to create some mold because, of course, there's moisture out there as well, and that's going to be detrimental to any of the animals that live on the riparian zone or area. So, there's a lot of good reasons to not be one leaving food around taking the wrong food how about just letting them feed themselves that's a really important thing so is there anything else we should avoid feeding ducks swans and geese yes there are (laughs) this is just hilarious this first one avocados (laughs) what (laughs) people do it people do it I don't even eat avocados. People (laughs) clear their fridge out to go entertain themselves with wildlife. You know what? A lot of people do, Jim. They'll say, what's in my fridge? What's in my fridge? I'll I'll go and feed the ducks with it. Yes, they do. And so they they are known to feed avocados, onions, citrus, nuts, chocolate, popcorn, carbonated beverages, and alcohol. Yeah. There are those people there. Don't be that person. (laughs) You know, I go to a park and a public area and see those kinds of things, and it incenses me because oh. as soon as you talk to those people... They're nightmares. They're rude, nasty, ignoramuses. Yeah. And so you can't say anything. And there are signs the, everywhere. The police and the park people are ignorant and don't know any better either, and they won't engage in that. Yeah. Oh, it it's not right. Me. You have mentioned it quite a few times, though, haven't you? Like, oh, I had a lady. Feeding. I had a lady shouting at me. I'm like, oh my god, she's going to call the cops on me now. <sighs> it's ridiculous. You know, you have to be afraid that you're going to scare someone because you're going to tell them the truth. Oh, yoy. Well, and all you're trying to do is protect an animal. That's all you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what can you feed them? Lettuce. What sort of foods do ducks eat in the wild? Well, they are omnivores meaning they regularly consume a variety of foods, and that includes plants, animals, algae, and fungi. Ducks are a wildly varied species, though, with cosmopolitan distribution ranging from sub-Antarctic islands to tropical Hawaii to all of those subtropical Canadian geese. Their diets are dependent on their habitat. Having said that, Dogs will regularly eat algae and aquatic plants, worms, crustaceans, and snails and other mollusks. I've always enjoyed that word. Small fish and fish eggs, insects, berries, fruits, and nuts. Small amphibians such as frogs, newts, and salamanders. Yeah, I don't know where you're going to pick those things up. Let's <laughs> take them down to the riparian riverbank. <laughs> well, you could find newts and small mollusks when you get there. <laughs> let, the, let the ducks find their own because I think they've got it down. I think they know what they're looking for, what they like, and what's good for them. Uh, what is safe and healthy to feed? Uh, guess what? 
lettuce and cabbage. The good folks, they said, at the British Canal and River Trust even did a ducky taste test. And kale and pea shoots came out on top as well. Oh, well, you can take some kale down to them then. Yeah, here's a, here's a list of safe for waterfowl foodstuffs. And they include cucumber, corn, peas, beans, broccoli, beets, squash, flowers, alfalfa, tomatoes, eggplant, bananas, no peel, of course, because, you know, they're not a trash can. They're not, a, they're not the rubbish bin for whatever you've got in your fridge. Uh, pineapple, pomegranate, seeds, scrambled eggs, okay, dry cat food or dog food and rice. Oh, Jim's face. Mm, rice. This, this article says, wait a minute, rice? I thought rice made birds' stomachs explode. No, this is an urban legend that has no basis in fact. So I did my research on this. And they, um, the article states, still nothing satisfies curious minds like empirical evidence. So in 2002, University of Kentucky, uh, biology, professor, bio, biology professor James Krupa put the matter to test with his students, conducting experiments that he eventually published in the April 2005 edition of the journal American Biology Teacher under the title, A Classroom Exercise for Testing Urban Myth. Does wedding rice cause birds to explode or were Ann Landers, Martha Stewart and Bart Simpson wrong? <laughs> you need to find the Bart Simpson reference, Jim. <laughs> Need to find that. Birds exploding from wedding rice, Bart Simpson. So, um, ornithologists have been consulted over the decades about this myth, and they all say they have never witnessed a bird exploding due to rice. I'm going to say this. This week, Shelley and I ate somewhere, and I did say, it's so she, oh, I feel like a pigeon that's eaten a bunch of rice. <laughs> my, my, my belly's exploding. I won't be saying it anymore. Um, <laughs> and this is what they found. It's really interesting, actually. The above experiment actually found that rice expanded uh, an additional 33%, as opposed, opposed to birdseed, which expanded 40%. And they still did not witness any birds exploding at all. So there was no feathers flying around or anything like that. Uh, ornithology, by the way, is a branch of zoology that concerns the study of birds, and several aspects of or or ornithology differ from related dis uh, disciplines, due partly to the high visibility and the aesthetic appeal of birds. Most marked amongst these is the extent of studies undertaken by amateurs working within the parameters of strict scientific methodology. There you go. I think, to be honest with you, and I know a lot of wedding planners, a lot of churches will say, please no rice. But I, I'm going to say it's probably more from a, you're not going to sue me because you slipped on the rice. <laughs> and two, we don't want the cleanup. It's a, it's a nightmare. Because I've also been reading that ducks will eat rice from rice fields. They say, ask, ask a few farmers about that. And of course, they're they're eating a dehydrated rice in the first place. So there you go, and I'll put that link up as well. But I do have a feeling I probably will still use that phrase, like "Oh my God, I'm blowing up like a pigeon that ate a bunch of rice." <laughs> in fact, he should just say, "I'm blowing up like myself who just ate a bunch of rice." It just says here on Snopes on fact checking that they can't digest it. Snopes. What's Snopes? <laughs> what is? I don't know. No. Let's not let's not do Snopes. Let's not do Snopes. I can't when find, it comes to I can't find facts. You said no, you're supposed to find what Bart Simpson said about wedding rice and birds. Yeah, I can't find that. Oh. I can't find it. Okay. So there you go. There's there's the research on that. And as I say, lots Is of Snopes fake news. It's I, I mean, I don't know. So, I mean, I just need it's to It's not a reliable source when it comes to scientific evidence, I'll tell you that much. So it's like wiki. <laughs> and that's another thing about Wikipedia. People need to know about Wikipedia. Uh, someone can put up a page for themselves on Wikipedia, and you can go on and change the information on their Wikipedia page. Did you know that? Oh, yes, that can happen. Um, so these ornithologists, lots and lots of them have been consulted. I read a lot about this, and they said, just never witnessed it. I mean, one of them said, it 
I guess it could happen. I don't know because I've not really seen it, but I'm going to say it's not likely. So there you go. Uh, and if you're in doubt, then just don't give the rice. Don't give the rice. You've got a whole list of fantastic foods there that you can feed them. Just omit the carbs, omit the bread, and they'll be in good shape. Or better yet, leave them to forage for their own food so they can survive. There you go. That's my bit on ducks. Did you even know it was going to be that intense? I had no idea ducks were coming up today. I got <laughs> blindsided by ducks. And since I was talking at Barkingham Palace and weddings and ducks, when I lived in Korea, you buy wooden ducks and they're called wedding ducks and they're good luck and you buy a pair of them. Did you know that? I wonder where mine are. You bought them? Oh, I might have them actually in the garage. They're wedding ducks. They're wooden. They're carved. It's a Korean tradition that you give couples wedding ducks. It's good good luck. I've never seen them ever in all the years I've Lovely. They're really lovely. You get them in all sizes. So there you go. See how I tied in the ducks with a wedding? <laughs> with my, with my, my, my living in Korea? Yes. All manner of stories. Well, believe it or not, my friends. I do believe we've come to the end of this show. I think I covered everything. Oh, you know what? No, There's, there is one more thing I want to cover. you got a few more minutes And left. I can't even remember if I even covered it a few weeks ago because it's just been a whirlwind around here. Uh, I think I may have done, but I, I think it's information worth sharing all over again. Um, many pets get sick from uh, cancer treatments, motion sickness, you know, they're traveling and some foods make them sick as well. So what do you do to actually help them you know settle their stomachs and um, it is important that you know if you if you see this if you see your pets particularly not want to touch their food address it immediately you know if they do it twice mm, you know something's not right here and you do want to address it always go to your vet never never waste the time you know that precious time by not going and go well i'll see what happens because a lot can happen that you then can't control but here's a couple of things that you can do um for natural remedies and probably something you've got at home anyway. So uh, a natural nausea remedy when it comes to herbs is using ginger, peppermint, and chamomile. You're going to use fresh ground. Uh, it'll be a quarter of a teaspoon per 10 pounds of dog. And you make a cool tea out of it and you would give a quarter of a cup per 10 pounds. And um, uh, there's also um, an, uh, an oral oil that you can you can buy as well. And basically it's one drop for 25 pounds and you can also diffuse it with some lemon so that's a natural one ginger i've definitely chewed on a piece of ginger when i felt sick so uh, that's a, a really good one there's one for spices and that's a uh, cumin cinnamon fennel and you would do a, a 16th of a teaspoon it's a tiny tiny pinch per 20 pounds uh, of uh, uh, body weight and you would put it on food and mix it in well. So that's a spices one that will actually help with nausea. Here's another one. Um, this is called... What the, about peppermint? Not on my list. Um, anorexia an Annihilator. <laughs> this is Dr. Becker's, by the way. Um, and you can do this as a syringe or you can serve as food. You're going to take a gallon of bone broth, two tablespoons of fennel powder, two tablespoons of cumin powder, and one tablespoon of ginger powder. And uh, you mix that up, and you could actually make it into ice cubes, and then you would serve uh, by a syringe or as a food, and uh, probably the same as the other one, probably a quarter of a cup. And again, it will settle down uh, those terrible feelings of nausea. Now, of course, there are some additional treatments that you can do, and one of them is acupuncture helps uh, b6 is another one and you would give one milligram per pound of body weight and cbd oil it's like the golden child of everything <laughs> is cbd cbd oil and that's one milligram per 10 pounds of weight to start off with and you would give that two to four times daily and that would really really aid in taking down that horrible feeling of nausea it's terrible when you feel horrible oh it's no good and that you more than likely have most of this stuff at home in your your fridge and uh, that i thought they were really really great um remedies um and having nausea doesn't mean that your pet is, is throwing up either they, they feel sick and um those remedies will quiet what they call the the uh, vol mission center it reduces that 
that nausea trigger. It reduces GI upset. And, um, you know, you can make these into teas, mix it into food. You can diffuse the oils. And um, we talked about oils a bit earlier. So make sure, you know, you head on over to Animal EO because that's what you need to be looking at. And as I say, this is something that's uh, in your home and probably would work for you as well. But yeah, ginger, it's a great, uh, it's a great root to use. Well, I think... It's one of your favorite roots. I love ginger. Oh my gosh, do I love ginger. I used to have this, I used to pick it up from Chinatown, this uh, matcha green tea with ginger, and it was amazing. But I love like ginger, apple, and carrot together. When you juice, delicious, just delicious. Well, on that delicious note, (laughs) we've made it to the end of the show. I had to do a quick thank you and shout out to the lovely people over at Humarian. And I was interviewed by Dr. Uh, Bessinger of Humarian. And Humarian, they uh, are a probiotic company for pets and people. I met them a few weeks ago in Kansas City, and that's going to be a topic that we are going to talk about is the importance of pre and probiotics in your pet's um, nutrition makeup. And again, what's a good one? What's one that's made well? What's one that's effective? What's one that's going to absorb, you know, into the actual intestine itself and, and give those benefits? And That'll be a really interesting topic too. So we wade through all the mud to find you the correct information with the right recommendations at the very, very end of it so that you can, with confidence, apply these things to your pet's nutrition. So a big thank you again to uh, Dr. Bessinger of Humarian. And uh, you can find them on social media. I think it's, I want to say it's Humarian Health, if I'm not wrong. But if you search Humarian, you'll find them at a big, Big shout out to Christina, who set the whole thing up. Okay, remember, you can help an animal in need. Add a rescue, adopt, donate, volunteer, or share their information. Rescue your next family member and replace the word shop with adopt. And be kind to all animals. Thank you, Jim, for um, running the show for me again. I thought it was a good show with lots and lots of information for everyone, lots of takeaways. And um, thank you to you, the listeners. Because without you, we'd look like a pair of idiots without without listeners. <laughs> and today you've been listening to Vegas Rock Dog Radio, where it is all about pets, people and pop culture. I'm your host, Sam, the queen of rock and roll dogs. And always kiss your pets. Good morning and good night. And I will see you next time. You've been listening to Vegas Rock Dog Radio. Pets, people, pop culture. Visit Vegas Rock Dog Radio for more information. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe on iTunes and iHeartRadio. And remember, give your fur babies a big kiss from me, Sam, the queen of rock and roll dogs. You must not rely on the information in this broadcast from our hosts as an alternative to medical advice from your veterinarian. If you have any specific questions about a medical matter regarding your pets, you should consult your veterinarian or specialist. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.